Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. This is Daniel Billington with you commenting on the anticipated referendum to decide whether or not Britain should exit from the EU, an increasingly hot topic especially in Britain. The last few weeks we have seen increasingly dramatic headlines on a British exit, what they call Brexit. The Daily Telegraph on December 10th reported David Cameron, Migrant crisis could force Brexit, as voters say, get me out of here. British voters increasingly want to push Europe away because of the migrant and Eurozone crisis. The Daily Telegraph on December 14th had UK exit from European Union on a knife edge, as poll shows British public are now 50-50 over leaving. And the Independent on January 5th, EU referendum, David Cameron gives Conservative ministers freedom to campaign for a leave vote. Prime Minister announces move designed to limit the political damage caused by Tory splits on Europe. And the BBC on January 14th, EU disastrous for UK, says Cabinet Minister Chris Grayling, who is now speaking out given Cameron's loosing the reins. So over the last two years, opposition to Britain's membership in the European Union has been steadily mounting. A once little-known party, the UK Independence Party, or UKIP, which is campaigning for British exit from the EU and stricter immigration policy, has experienced quite a dramatic surge in popularity of almost 10%, receiving almost 3.8 million votes in the Um, recent general election, surpassed only by the Liberals and ruling Conservatives. And David Cameron's Conservatives narrowly won the election after promising an in-out referendum on EU membership by 2017. So now we're seeing the pressure gradually ratcheting up on Cameron to negotiate changes in the free movement of people across EU member states. And recent polls just in the last um, couple of weeks, really, have put voters for out at 38% and 41% versus 44% and 42% for the in vote. And the rest are wondering what they should do, whether in or out. So as the headlines show, the Syrian migrant and Eurozone economic crises have supported a vote for Brexit. And so far, Cameron has continued to return empty-handed from the negotiating table. So this last week, Chris Grayling, the leader of the House of Commons and member of David Cameron's cabinet, said that remaining within the European Union under the UK's current membership terms would be disastrous and that the EU is heading towards closer integration a path the UK will not and should not follow. Considering what the Bible has to say, we expect that this trend is certainly going to continue. The prophets describe two opposing alliances. On the one side, we see Europe's ten horn nations, as described in Daniel 7, and represented by the iron and clay feet of Daniel 2, aligned with Russia under the Roman Catholic influence of the mother harlot at war with Israel and the Christ Lamb. 
We read of this in Revelation 17 and Ezekiel chapter 38. On the other side, we see the southern Arabian power allied with the western Protestant trading nations, including Britain, Canada, Australia, and the United States, otherwise known as Sheba Didan and the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions, Ezekiel 38 and verse 13. As Isaiah shows, the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, Isaiah 60 verse 9. And their forms seem to be among the first to submit to the mighty one of Jacob or the Messiah and bring their wealth for his use. So we see Britain and Europe on totally different sides of a political and religious crisis. We don't have time in this program to explain the connection with Tyre and Tarshish and the Young Lions. However, this subject is thoroughly explained in back issues available from www.bobbillmagazine.com, including Volume 26, Issue 4, and Volume 20, Issue Number 3. Although Britain is in a state of unbelief at the present time, it is still a fact that Britain's roots are Protestant so-called because of those who protested against and separated from the Roman Church. In contrast, Europe has Christian roots, both Roman and Byzantine. And it was John Paul II who said in his 1995 encyclical, the Church must breathe with her two lungs. In the first millennium of the history of Christianity, this expression refers primarily to the relationship between Byzantium and Rome in the encyclical Unsome Scent, that they may be one. In June of 2015, a policy paper was published by the Jack Delors Institute under the title The Vatican's Outlook on Europe, From Firm Encouragement to Exacting Support. The paper was written by Sebastian Maillard, the correspondent in Rome for Le Croix, a daily French Roman Catholic newspaper. The policy paper provides a useful and an enlightening reminder of the Vatican's influence and interest in Europe, and it notes that Vatican diplomacy was a loyal supporter of European construction. It backed the first treaties under Pius XII. Under the heading of Vatican-Oriented and Federalist Europe, the paper notes with regard to the formation of a European political authority These ambitions were also shared by the founding fathers of European construction. There is indeed a close convergence of views between the Holy See and these politicians, who for the most part are Christian Democrats, including devout Catholics such as Robert Schumann, who is currently being beatified. And it goes on, Obtained in a less passionate but nevertheless far-reaching manner, an article of the Constitutional Treaty, later used in the Treaty of Lisbon, which was ratified in 2009, formalizes an open, transparent, and regular dialogue with these churches and organizations, as well as between these organizations and non-confessional organizations. This dialogue, marked by an annual top-level meeting and rolled out at different levels, reprises a practice used by Jack Delors when he was president of the European Commission. 
This tradition was already acknowledged in a declaration appended to the Treaty of Amsterdam, 1997. It aims to give Europe a soul. And that is referring back to Article 17, Paragraph 3 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union. The conclusion of the paper comments on the prospects for a changing relationship between Europe and the Vatican under the new non-European Pope and states, Attached to combining faith and reason, the Vatican intends to counter selfish community or nationalistic isolation. I suppose Britain would be put in that category. Heated attitudes which are potentially harmful to European integration. Let us be bridge builders, said the nuncio to the EU on 13th November 2014. The Church's social doctrine can also contribute to strengthening the principles of solidarity and subsidiarity which the European project is founded on. The Holy See remains deeply in favor of the project for a united Europe deemed inseparable from the common good. Rome's outlook with regard to Europe will only be appeased once it is completely assured that the work in progress is not conducted to the detriment of Christianity, that is, Catholicism, in its traditional breeding ground, but that it contains, on the contrary, the seeds of something powerful. Quite a quote. Therefore, Europe must be viewed in its Christian context, both Roman and Byzantine. The longer Britain chooses to remain under the influence of these unclean spirits, which we read of in Revelation 16, verses 13 to 14, the sixth vial, the more painful and difficult her eventual exit, or Brexit, will be. Whether David Cameron will be able to negotiate a better deal with Europe before the referendum, and whether or not Brexit will be successful at this time, we're certainly not able to predict. However, what we do know is that events are moving in a direction in line with what Christadelphians have expected for many years. The destiny God has laid out for Britain in the Scriptures leads us to conclude that Britain's exit from a Catholic-dominated Europe at some point before Russia's invasion of Israel is inevitable. One prophecy already alluded to that is relevant to this subject is Daniel chapter 2, verses 41 to 44. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So then we have been looking for a kingdom which proceeded from the Roman legs and is divided or mixed. And we note that although it is, comp- it is comprised of a mixture of iron and clay, it is still referred to as a kingdom, singular. 
Furthermore, it is to last until the kingdom of God is established in the days of these kings. So what we see then is a kingdom comprised of a federation of nations, of kings, held together by the strength of the Roman iron mixed in with clay. This is exactly what we see in the united toe nations of democratic Europe today. A similar picture is described in Revelation chapter 17, where we see a ten-horned scarlet-colored beast ridden by Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, who sits on the seven hills of Rome. In 1848, a Christadelphian writer, um, John Thomas, in his book Elpis Israel, commented on Britain in relation to these European toe kingdoms of Daniel chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. He said that it, that is Russia, will overrun all the ten kingdoms, subdue Turkey, and incorporate Persia, that is Iran, into its empire, but that when it has reached the zenith, it will in turn be precipitated into the abyss. When I come to unfold these things, the reader will see why Britain is not included in the Ten Toes. She is reserved of God to antagonize Russia. The Ten Toes belong to the image as a united dominion. Hence, Britain cannot be included among them unless it is first conquered by the overshadowing power, which it will not be, as is clearly demonstrable from many parts of the divine testimony. That's on pages 337 and 338 of the Logos edition. In 1990, or sorry, in 1981, after Britain's entrance into the European economic community, another Christadelphian writer by the name of Graham Pierce indicated that prophecy demonstrated this was not to be Britain's future position. And this is what he wrote. So though we do not know how it will happen, Britain will separate from Europe. A time will come when the European system will be bound together as the fourth beast of Daniel, to be destroyed by the saints, and its body given to the burning flame, Daniel 7. Or in terms of the revelation, the beast and the false prophet were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, Revelation 19 and verse 20. On the other hand, Britain, and probably later America, will receive enlightenment, respond to it, and carry on their seagoing spirit, bringing Israel's sons back to their land. And he wrote that in Milestones 1981, commenting on the events of 1980. And um, that quotes from pages 18 and 19. Then in 1990, two years before the Maastricht Treaty was ratified, the current editor of the Bible magazine stated he believed that Bible prophecy requires Britain's ultimate separation from Catholic Europe. On that basis, he has no hesitation in saying that Britain's eventual exit from Europe is a certainty. As to questions concerning how it will happen and when, we do not know because it has not been revealed in Scripture. But when it does happen, it will be yet another sign verifying the remarkable dependability of those prophecies revealed in the Bible. And that quote is from Guardians of Israel and Arabia, page 24. And we can have this confidence because these things are based on the scriptures of truth, which we know to be true. 
And it's exciting to see these events happening, things that have been anticipated for so long. And we believe it will not be long before the angels bring these things to their expected climax. And while there is opportunity, we should also ask ourselves what Almighty God expects us to do with this understanding of events that He has laid down in His Word. Surely He expects us to give warning and to share these things. The exhortation of Revelation chapter 18 and verse 4, although primarily applicable to Israel, is most certainly appropriate to these times. Come forth, my people, out of her, that ye have no fellowship with her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. It is our prayer that the people of Britain will make this choice while there is opportunity. So thanks for joining us, and come back again next week to BibleInTheNews.com because we can be sure that the Bible will be in the news once again.